0: about leveraging leadership assessment to develop trusted leaders. Dr. Toby Travis, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John. Great to be here. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation around leadership development and leadership assessment uh, to use as a means of developing trusted leaders. As we get started, I wanted to share Toby's bio with everybody. Dr. Toby Travis is the head of School for the Village Christian Academy, founder and developer of Trusted, a research and evidence-based framework for school improvement focused on developed school leaders. The framework serves as the basis for the trusted school leader 360 assessment, which schools worldwide utilize to inform improvement initiatives author of Trusted, The Bridge to School Improvement, named Book of the Month in November of 2021 and nominated for Book of the Year in 2021 by the Magic Pen. He's written many articles. His work has been featured in Forbes, CEO World Magazine, eSchool News, Authority Magazine, Businessing Magazine, and others. And really, I could go on and on, Toby, but I'll pause there and give you a chance to share anything else with listeners that you would like to highlight uh, or share by way of your background or personal context.
1: Oh happily married, and a proud dad and grandpa.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. That is excellent to hear. Well, let's dive on in. So why don't you start by telling us about the Trusted School Leader 360 Assessment? Uh, what Tell us a little bit about the origins of that, what it is, yep, uh, and then we can sure. get into talking yep. about that assessment specifically on how you can develop trusted leaders, but also just this idea generally about how we can leverage assessments, uh, in the development process, uh, as we uh, try to build the leadership capacities of our people.
1: Well, as you're, I'm sure aware, John, there has just been uh, so much research and work that's been done on the importance of trust and leadership. I mean, that's not a new concept at all. Um, And in fact, when I was going through my doctoral program, my area of Uh, focus and and work was what does that look like specifically in a school setting and so what are the specific behaviors competencies attributes of leaders that will result in uh, successful schools and in multiple ways of defining success in fact what what came out of the research the number one indicator of school success is trusted leadership and it doesn't matter how we define success that finding still hold true so if we're talking about school success as being defined as student achievement levels in the highest in the schools where we see the highest levels of student achievement you also find the highest levels of trusted leadership in schools that have the highest levels of retention of faculty and staff highest levels of trusted leadership when you look at community involvement uh, in the private sector when you look at uh, financial investment you know so that where our uh, Donors giving their money. It's to those schools that have that trusted leaders. So we see it's vital It's to the success of schools. But how do you intentionally get your arms around it as far as um, developing and, and improving schools? And this was really where uh, I've had the the blessing of being with some and working with some amazing people to develop uh, and look at precisely, again, what are the skill sets, the competencies, very specific to um, trusted leadership, and then how do we assess it? And and through that, came up with an assessment tool um, that Um, Is fairly simple and easy to implement with schools where leaders have got to be open to letting their teachers and their employees, you know, speak into uh, how are they doing as leaders, just that action alone builds trust, but then provides a score on, there are six, we've discovered six real ways of talking about trust. Uh, In the book, I talk about these as uh, in the analogy of a bridge, it's like building a bridge together. So you have these six components that are interworking and we assess these six components. We're able to develop a score on uh, how as a leader, for example, we talk about the foundation of trust, which is all about beliefs and values and how well are those known and articulated, et cetera. And then we can, and we see, oh, we have a low score here. We know this is an area uh, of, of trust that can be built up and then taking that into action planning and action steps. So it came out of the research that we know trust is important, but how do we intentionally develop it? Well, you've got to be able to assess it. And what we find is when you assess it and you use that data to drive improvement plans, we actually get better faster. You know, Covey talks about the speed of trust. Well, how do you increase that speed? It starts with at first being honest about where are we? assess it. Uh, What's our baseline? And then using that data to inform, okay, what do we need to work on next to increase that level of trust?
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And of course, your context is a bit unique in that you're working within schools, but everything you just described is completely applicable to any organization. And organizations uh, of any type, of any size, any industry, they need trusted leaders. Uh, And it's a, you know, the competencies and capabilities around effective leadership uh, are, while not rocket science, they're, they're hard to consistently implement. And most people find themselves it, thrust into those kinds of positions and opportunities without necessarily a whole lot of, uh, of skill development in those key areas. So the trust is so key. It's the foundation of everything when you're a leader. Uh, whether, again, regardless of the organizational type, regardless of the size, uh, any of those factors, uh, it, the, the the day-to-day kind of operational reality is different, but those core elements of, of leadership are going to be consistent and trust is still going to be super, super important. So I appreciate you laying that out for us and describing a little bit about those different factors. Do you see people utilizing this? Do you see uh, organizations and leaders utilizing this assessment outside of the school system?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. And there's other tools as well. And I I would refer people to look at the the work of uh, Jim Collins and Good to Great, the work of David Horsager, the Trust Edge. Uh, In fact, David's a friend of mine uh, and was very influential in my work in the school world. We've actually developed, uh, I work uh, hand in hand with a a school data company called School Right. Uh, I'm not employed by them. They just, they help uh, facilitate uh, and implement the surveys and we've developed tools um, for uh, non educators because even in the education sector often being asked okay how do we assess our business manager you know they're, so they're non academics and how do we how do we you know um, provide data to drive improvement of those who aren't necessarily uh, academic leaders. And yes, we've developed those as well. So yeah, it's vital. Let me let me share one stat that just is always hits home with folks and, the, and it's across the disciplines. And that's why I mention it because it, the same stat holds true in schools as in uh, startups, as in, um, uh, you know, well-heeled businesses that have been around for years. And, and it goes like this, 70% of improvement initiatives fail. And that's whether it's a school improvement initiative, whether it's a new business launch, 70% fail. And John, when we look at the the causes, then we did dive into, okay, what happened there? uh, What we find is the vast majority have a problem of execution is usually where you find the literature goes on this. But then you have to dig in a little bit deeper. So, okay, what is it about what was executed poorly? It all comes down to leadership. And so, you know, John Maxwell's everything rises and falls on leadership. Absolutely true. And this is why it's critical that if If leaders are not ensuring that they're assessing their trust levels, intentionally building trust levels in themselves and their organization and their practices, and of course, whatever their product or service is, nothing else is going to work. Uh, And it doesn't matter what you throw at your organization or at your people. If there's not a high level or a deep level, use your metaphor, of trust in the relationship between employees and the leadership, it's not going to work.
0: Very good. And you've identified some of the the really popular thinkers in this space in the business world generally, and the fact that there really are lots of assessments uh, around various aspects of leadership, uh, trust being, of course, at that core foundational component. And so I, I think one of the things that I hope that everyone listening will take away today is regardless of the tool you use, regardless of you know which thought leader you read, um, or which you know TED Talk you listen to, or whatever, this is something you really need to pay attention to. And just because you think you're trusted, that doesn't mean that's the reality in the minds of right. your people. Yeah. Uh, and and I think oftentimes there's a gap there. Uh, That leaders feel like, you know, they're doing everything right by their people. They feel like they have good relationships with their people. They feel like they're trusted by their people. And lo and behold, when you do an assessment, you find out that that's not actually the case for a variety of reasons. Uh, And so, you know, don't put blinders on. Keep your eyes wide open. Get the feedback necessary so you can address it, uh, those issues, uh, and, and then you can move forward in a positive way.
1: Yeah, we actually have leaders that I'm working with, they'll, they'll do a self-assessment first. So they use a tool where they give, they give themselves a score, and then you do the 360, and then you look at the, that trust perception gap. And John, let me also mention, though, a, a word to listeners to be careful. Yes, there are lots of assessment tools out there, um, but they are not all uh, research-based. And so you really, ne- you do need to do your homework. Um, because a poorly developed assessment is not going to give you the information you want. Another common error that I find, especially in the school world, you know, I'll, I'll talk to a superintendent or a principal and say, Well, I did a monkey survey, you know, or I did a Google survey. You know, they just created something and asked some questions to their to their staff. Well, that that may have meant some sort of you know compliance issue they were being asked to do. It didn't give them the results they're looking for. There there is work and skill sets involved in developing, you need to know what questions ask and how to how to ask them and then how to collect the data. There's a science to that and so just creating a survey and pushing it out to your employees is not going to get you the results. So talk yeah. to the professionals, spend the money. it's worth it um, because the information you're going to get is going to be far more beneficial.
0: Yeah, garbage data in garbage yeah. results out, right? Yeah. And, and you have to know how to analyze it too, and how to analyze it correctly. And so all of those different pieces, those are skill sets. And maybe you have those skill sets yourself, maybe you have them within your team, so you can do it in house, that's certainly possible. And if that's the case, great, Godspeed, you know, go do something great. But if you don't have those skill sets, right, don't pretend like it's just something you can just whip up and and fly by the seat of your pants and have something that's meaningful. And in fact, it can be the opposite it could be true. It could be very dangerous because you could have this false sense of security that you're making a data driven decision exactly. when in fact the data is less than meaningless. It's actually uh, pointing you in the wrong direction.
1: And I've seen that many times.
0: Yes, as vi. I, uh, and cool. it, it blows my mind every time and I've seen it in places in fact, where the expertise resides, and so, and it's because people were just trying to be quick; uh, they are cutting corners, uh, those sorts of things. So, uh, your point, Toby, about just making sure that your eyes are wide open about the approach that you're taking, the type of tool that you're using, how it's the data is being utilized, how it's being disseminated, the results, all of that—that that, that's a a big conversation that you should have um, amongst your team, so that you make sure it comes off without a hitch. Uh, because the problem is, e- even if on, on the on the organization side of things, you, f- you have a consultant or you have in-house people who know how to do this stuff, and so they do it, you get great results and you have the best of intentions and then you start to disseminate to your people, it doesn't even matter if it's done perfectly. Uh, if the perception of your people is that it was done in a a less than rigorous way or that the results are meaningless right and so right. perception you know it is, is a huge part of it you have to manage expectations you have to manage and communicate openly with your people so they know what what's happening what to expect uh and how they can interpret and utilize the results that they're ultimately given
1: well and john you know when we're talking about trust perception is reality
0: You're, you're absolutely true. That's absolutely true. You're absolutely right. And I think of one organization, uh, several years back, uh, where I, I really truly believe their intention was good. Uh, I think they were, you know, they they were using an, an annual engagement survey, which measured much more than engagement. It measured all sorts of things and including, um, trust related variables, uh, uh, related to the C-suite and senior leaders in the organization and some of those sorts of things. So there was a lot of really potentially good information in there. And I think they worked with a consultant to uh, develop it. I, I think they did a lot of those things right. And ultimately, I think it, it was a decent tool that they used. They implement it, they get the the results back. Uh, and they find that, you know, because they do this yearly, they they find that some of the trends are going in the wrong direction. Than what they want to see, especially in relation to the leadership elements and the trust elements and those sorts of things. Uh, And so instead of owning it, like just sharing that openly with everyone, owning it, and then trying to figure out ways collectively to to address it, they got defensive, they put up walls, they they reinforced the distrust that people had. uh, And the next year when they did it again, the rates had gone down even further because the people in the organization had seen firsthand how, you know, things got whitewashed or kind of covered up or glossed over. They didn't really see any evidence of any major efforts to improve things, even though I think there were actually real efforts that were being made, but they couldn't see them. They didn't perceive them. They didn't they couldn't recognize them because it wasn't being openly communicated. So all of those things have to be there in addition to whatever tool you're using uh, as you're managing the process. I know that we're we're coming up on the kind of the tail end of our conversation uh together today, but I'm wondering uh if you know someone listening, they're thinking, yeah, this this really is something I should think about doing. I should try to figure out, you know, next steps. Uh, because like you said, 70 plus percent of these types of initiatives fail. Uh, any any meaningful development initiative or change initiative, they fail. So how, how do we start this process to ensure or at least increase the likelihood of success as we engage in the process?
1: That's a great question. And I, and I think the first place I go to there is who's coaching you? Um, do you have a mentor and are you mentoring somebody else? You know, one of the, one of the things that I've found in my life and experience and and so many others as well is we learn most when we're helping others. Uh, you know, it's like who learns more, the teacher or the student, it's always the teacher uh, because you've got to give more. So I'm a big proponent and have seen it just borne out time and time again, that if you are constantly, um, being mentored, and then constantly pouring into others, uh, your level of success and development as a leader is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. So always be seeking out um, um, someone to pour into, but also make sure that you're continually uh, reaching out and listening to those who have gone before you, or those who have got and perhaps an outside perspective, and uh, seek a mentor uh, always, and that and doesn't have to necessarily be a professional counselor. Although, you know, there are consultants out there that this is what they do. You know, and, and would certainly you know love to explore that with you. Uh, and I do say often to uh, boards uh, when. When they're looking at providing support to their CEO or to their superintendent or their head uh, said, "Are you providing resources so that they can continually be mentored uh, so do they have a budget so they can you know have a uh, a personal coach or they've got a consultant uh, that is on you know, on-call constantly that they can utilize. That's a key element for the success of any leader is just to be continually having uh, that relationship. And again, going both directions. I also encourage them, make sure you're pouring into somebody else.
0: Well, yeah, and there's a lot of reasons why that is important and why that can really help improve the chances of you being successful. But I think one of the major pieces and components of that is just the simple fact that when you're having those kind of regular mentoring and coaching sessions and conversations, they're necessarily self-reflective, right? And when you're going through the self-reflective process, uh, that helps you discover blind spots, that helps you better understand uh, what you're doing that works and what you're doing that doesn't work, you know, maybe things that are unintentional or having unintended consequences uh, in what you're doing. So just going through that kind of a regular exercise. And if for some reason you don't, you can't you know, pull, swing the budget uh, for those sorts of things. At a bare minimum, you should be like regularly like, scheduling quiet time to contemplate, maybe to journal, to yeah. to practice that self-reflection, read. to read. read. Yes, yeah. read and apply and think about deeply what you're reading from other um, great examples and, and people who have had a wonderful experience. So there's lots of ways to get this. Uh, we just have to be committed to it. We got to um, we got to prioritize it enough that we schedule at least enough time to, to exactly. get it in a regular be basis. Intentional. Be yeah. intentional with it. Absolutely. Well, Toby, this has been a really fun conversation. The time has flown by. I know I'm going to have to let you go here in just a few minutes, but before we wrap up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team. Uh, where they can find out more about the assessment, your book, and anything else like that, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Well, um, certainly you can find me on LinkedIn or just put my name into Google; and it'll it'll find me, Dr. Toby Travis. Um, but LinkedIn is probably the you know the social media connect point. Um, I work with a group called Global School Consulting Group, a phenomenal group of world-class consultants that I have the honor of rubbing shoulders with on on a whole variety of projects. So in the school or academic world, uh, if you're looking for really expert advice on everything from academics to leadership development to fundraising to getting ready for accreditation, whatever, just reach out to Global School Consulting Group. Again, you can just... um, type that into any search engine, and I'll get you there. Please check out the book, uh, Trust Ed, The Bridge to School Improvement. It is for more than just the ed sector. As you mentioned, John, there, there's universal application, but of course, all the examples in the book are within you know, the world that I, I live in primarily. But again, I think this is why Forbes and CEO World and others have just uh, resonated with it because the, the, the principles are, are universal. But check it out on, on Amazon. I appreciate that. And all uh, uh, the assessment tools, again, I work with School You can go schoolright.net is where you can uh, connect with that company. If you're looking for assessment tools uh, for developing leadership, and they have a, a, a wide variety of other, especially school-related assessment tools that are available there. And uh, feel free to just yeah, reach out, give me a call, um, shoot me a text or an email, and happy to assist in any way that I can.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Toby. This has just been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Toby and his team can do for you. Check out the book, check out the assessment, check out all the really great stuff that they're doing. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page,